Who's the Latin speaker? <laughs> oh, <laughs> me and Andy. Is that Latin or Spanish? Juan es muy guapo. Muy. Ay, papi. Oh, papi. Oh. All right, guys, we're going to get on with this one. So we're going to change this one up a little bit. We're not going to really talk too much about what we've been doing. We're going to address an issue, and we're going to see how long that takes, and then we're going to decide how... If we want to talk about anything else after that, don't know how long it's going to take. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of get this started. Last week, we we talked about RCHO and the events that transpired. My initial reaction when I was editing that show and really listening to what was being said, I didn't have a good feeling about that episode. I, I to the point where... It was, it was one of those deals when I finished it, I literally immediately uploaded it because it was kind of a late, a late edit based on the crazy work schedule I've been having. I remember I went up and I started talking to my wife and I was like, oh man, I don't really feel good about this one. And then I just kind of, I, I was like, I was kind of thinking that I was just overreacting. And in particular, what I'm talking about is not the event itself or the people that were at the event, uh, more so some of the things that happened at the event and the way we were talking about them. And I just, uh, I kind of felt, I don't know, I felt uh, based on, I, f I felt a little bit like a hypocrite uh, based on topics in the past. And then, of course, that feeling was compounded as the week went on, or the weekend went on, and I started getting some emails uh, from some listeners, longtime listeners, to the point where people are actually sending me links to previous episodes that we did in version two that addressed very similar topics. And I definitely felt like um, I was, I felt a little hypocritical because I didn't speak up when I felt like maybe, or I, I was thinking maybe I should have, but I didn't. And I, you know, I was, really kind of a, I don't really know how to articulate it real well. Uh, in particular, you know, we at RCHN have always been advocates of, I don't want to say protecting the hobby, but doing our part to discourage and in some cases make fun of uh, folks that do things that could potentially harm the hobby. It's a very fine line between doing that and just being that ass 
But what you guys call them now, you guys call, call them uh, boom. I'm a boomer, I guess, is what it boils down to, I've been told, right? Yeah, you old boomer. Um, so just to kind of get, you know, just I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. And I don't necessarily want to talk, for, you know, specifically. I mean, you guys feel free to, right? But uh, there were a couple incidences that happened at RCHO that, that, Devin and, and Scott went to and you know it sounded like everybody was having a good time and, and I'm sure everybody was having a good time um, and it's not that I not that I wanted to rain on anybody's parade but sometimes decisions that you make you need to kind of look past yourself I think and kind of consider the consequences. And the consequences of flying a helicopter towards a power line, I, I mean, that's just a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. Now, luckily, nothing happened. Thank God nothing happened. Um, but I do think that there are repercussions. There could be potential repercussions from that. And what about next time? What if something happens next time? And on top of that, you know, as things progress, what if uh, um, um, a mindset of topping that happens? And there's a lot of things that play into this. And we're going to talk about, you know, Scott's perspective, Nick's perspective, Rob's perspective. And I'm speaking for myself here. Uh, they may not, you know, these guys may not agree with me completely, and I'm sure they don't at, on, at some level, and that's that's perfectly fine. I'm okay with that. But I think with, you know, RCHN, you know, people, I don't really consider RCHN a brand, but it is, in a sense. RCHN has become bigger than Dan, Nick, Rob, Scott, and Devin, right? It's bigger than that. It's it's a um it's a brand, I guess. <laughs> no, no no other way to put it. Yep, it is. And with that comes a you know a bit of responsibility, I think. Again, this is my conscious stream of thought here. You know that we at least do our part to point out when things happen, regardless of how much fun people are having. And I don't, and by the way, let me just preface. I don't think anybody that did anything is a horrible person. I think people are just looking to have a good time. And when you get a group of people that are doing, they're at an event, they're having a good time. Shit just kind of happens, right? And things happen rather quickly. And who wants to be the guy to say, come on, guys, let, let's reconsider that before we do this, that, or the other. And I understand that. And I'm, well, all I'm asking for, all I'd like to see happen is some, I don't know, acknowledgement that maybe this this was a bad idea and, and we'll do what we can or we'll 
I don't know. It kind of sounds like uh, I'm I'm demanding. I'm not demanding it, but I'm I'm requesting it. You know, let's think about how the government gets involved in the hobby. Most of us remember a time when we didn't have to put, and I know not all of us do this, <laughs> but some we didn't have to put FAA numbers on our helicopters. Right? Things change. Uh, we all saw back when Trappy decided that he was going to be defiant and tell the government he can fly his multi-rotor wherever he wants. Look what that, look how that cascaded down into, you know, well, remote ID. Yeah. Right? These things have consequences. And the hobby can be changed dramatically by bad decisions. But at the same time, I get it. I mean, I get, I get that that feeling when you're at a fun fly and you're, you're just having a good time, right? You're just having a good time. But we're all adults. And we need to be able to separate a good time from a responsible good time. Yeah, weigh the risk, right? Uh, yeah, no, I I don't know. It, it, you know, it's... Um, at, you know, as we were, were recording this show a little bit later in the week than we typically do because we felt strongly that, um, well, initially, I'll be honest, I wanted to do a solo episode uh, to talk about this because I didn't want to make it sound like I was putting Devin or, or Scott on, you know, on the defensive. I didn't want them to have to defend what they talked about because I don't think they have to defend what they talked about. Everybody here is autonomous. And you guys can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, that That's the beauty of it. But I felt pretty strongly as a founder of RCHN that there's on the record somewhere the, you know, that concept of, of God, I, I'd hate to say, hey, hey well, I think I think it's like a steward, you know, a steward of the hobby, right? It's um, there's a lot of folks listening to the show, um, and giving the wrong impression to a relatively new person in the hobby that may just start listening to the show, or even somebody that wants to get somebody else in trouble, right? That can bring this to the forefront, and just think about that for one second. Let's say there was somebody that wanted, for whatever reason, didn't like the people involved in this particular, uh, what happened at RCHO. Once that Pandora's box is opened, if they were to contact somebody, investigations start happening, there's plenty of evidence out there, right, to, to understand who did what. What if, what if that happened? And what if the government got a, got, in, got a hold of that and used that to do whatever they were going to do to the hobby? Um, it could change it. It could change the hobby for, for the rest, you know, for good. Yeah, nobody needs that. Right. It's just that, you know, those, those are things I think, I, again, me personally, this is Dan, I think, that we should think about. You know, but then again, the lines get a little blurry. 
as our conversations had happened during the week regarding this particular episode, where does that line, you know, where, where, where is there a definite line? Like, like, um, for instance, Devin flying limbo out at night. Um, I personally don't have a problem with that because it was out in a designated flight area. We were using, well, they were using, I wasn't flying, but they were using, um, that plastic tape that a helicopter could fly through with no problem. Yeah, it could get wrapped up, but it's just going to crash. I don't know. See what I'm saying? The lines get a little blurry. I don't know. I don't have the answer there. I think everybody, you know, we talked about assuming some risk. Everybody that steps up to a flight line or even attends an event assumes some risk. I think we're for the most part, we are aware of the risk, level of risk that we are assuming by attending a fun fly and there's going to be night flying, whether it's spotlight or construction light. You know, there's a, there's a, I think we're, we're comfortable with that level of risk. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that, that the FAA is, well, maybe they could. I don't know. See, they, again, the lines. I don't know, guys. But that's kind of the, the gist of it. And we're going to kind of hash some of this stuff out. So bear with us. Don't get pissed immediately. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I certainly don't think that anybody that did any, anything is a bad person or, or shitty, whatever. I just, I would like to see a little bit more responsible decision-making happening. Right. So I think... I think that's kind of where I'm going to leave it uh, from my perspective. And now we're going to start, I guess, diving into some of the details and some of the other guys' thoughts on on this topic. Who wants to go first? Who wants to address what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can address two major events, I think, that, that probably upset people. So, I mean, obviously, the power line incident is the serious incident. That's inexcusable but we'll we'll leave that one to the end because it's the, the major one um but i believe people are also a little upset about the the fire in the couch in that situation which you know i obviously i do understand um I, I really think both of these events together are sort of that situation where everybody involved kind of maybe knows it's a concern um but there's a little bit of that herd mentality thing going on where where everyone sees everyone else having a good time. No one's upset with anything. Um, so everyone just kind of keeps going along with it. Um, <clears throat> I do know that the couch situation, obviously they had fire extinguishers there. They put it off to the secondary flight line in the middle of the field. Um, and the only people that went over there are the people that, that really wanted to take part in that. Do I think that it stayed under control the whole time? No, I thought it got a little stupid near the end when people started clipping it and stuff and things got a little crazy. Um, I realized it was kind of a bad idea when I started flying through it and my helicopter started disappearing at times. You can see like a drastic change in that video of, of when I start doing technical stuff and then it disappears and I revert to like one maneuver over and over. Cause I'm like, I don't want to lose this thing. I'm terrified. And then I call it quits like early. Cause I'm like, it's too, too smoky. Someone else can have a shot, but I should have ended it probably a little bit sooner. Um, obviously I'm, 
kind of used to flying and not seeing the heli. Like you fly nitro at night and it spotlights and stuff. It disappears in the smoke sometimes. But I, I lack the, I guess, situation where you tep- take a step back and go, is this even worth it? Even in those situations, you know, like flying into the dusk when you can barely kind of see your helicopter. It's like, should we even be doing those kind of activities? And it's, it's, I'm kind of glad this happened because it kind of forces people to take a step back and look at the hobby holistically and look at the things you're doing in like <clears throat> from a perspective of safety and the longevity of the hobby and who's trying to possibly shut us down and are we giving them ammunition for that? And I do think that th- most things that happen to RCHO kind of go along at that, that theme. So we, we, definitely screwed up there as far as giving people ammunition to try and shut down helicopters. So not, not ideal. Um, then the power line situation, I, that was just bad from the start. I mean, it, I walked up on, on someone that flew through it. I couldn't believe what I had seen. I never thought about the repercussions and everyone was like, Oh, do it again. And so we decided that screw it. He's going to do it again, I guess. And he did it. And it was, you know, successful. So everyone, I guess nobody thought about the, the negative impacts that could happen to that. No one even looked to see what kind of lines they were. Like we didn't know if it was a telephone pole or if it was a power pole or what. It was just an obstacle that we thought if, if someone hit it, it would just destroy the helicopter, I guess. But, but damn, did we find out the hard way? <laughs> um, <clears throat> definitely think that was one of the biggest mistakes of anything that's happened while I've been flying helicopters. Like obviously I wasn't the one flying, but I was there. I was aware of what was going on. I could have, pumped the brakes and said, Hey, this is a bad idea. You guys need to quit doing this. And I really didn't take that approach and I regret it. I really do. That's a really hard situation though. When you're in that herd mentality and everyone's having a good time, like to be that person that steps up and says, Whoa, I don't know if this is the best idea, guys. Like we really should take a step back. Like that's really difficult. And and maybe if there's one thing that comes out of this episode and this discussion, is to just encourage people that when you have that weird feeling in the back of your mind to just speak up, like no one's going to beat you up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of get that reputation too. People make fun of me because I'm usually the first person to step back off the flight line or run away or whatever. <laughs> like people like to laugh at me for that shit. <laughs> and I'm just blown away that, you know, obviously I had that feeling, but I ignored it. Clearly everyone was having such a good time and it was just so unbelievable what was happening that night that everyone just went along with it. And it, I I feel definitely, you know, kind of ashamed for not, not flying the flag and saying, you know, this is wrong. We got to not do this. Normally I'm all about trying to protect the hobby and making sure that people can't shut us down and the FAA doesn't pull our, our ability to fly because there's companies out there that would love to shut us down. I mean, Amazon, it's like their wet dream to be able to say you hobbyists can no longer take that 400 foot and under airspace. You guys are shut down and we're going to use it to, you know, ship stuff to people with drones. And God, if, if someone found out that, you know, a modeler slammed into a power line and shut down power at, at an airport behind it, like, holy shit, like that is a direct FAA impact. Problem is being, you know, to be, to be that person, it's a, it's a tough one to, to, you know, we've all said it, Nick said it, now you said it, and I said it initially, and I guess we don't need to keep beating a horse, but to, to be the, be that guy that does speak up, um, I know, you know, no one's going to physically harm you, but then you be, you know, you just, 
who, you know, who wants to rain on the parade? I like, I get it. I do. I totally get it. Uh, so it's a, you know, everything's kind of a teachable moment, right? And maybe that's what this was. It's an opportunity to, to really consider, I think, any decisions that could potentially harm the hobby, right? Uh, we just have to think about that, that stuff. I mean, we're already seeing the, the effects of the government getting involved with the RC hobby. I mean, the, the AMA was around longer than the, than the FAA and, you know, relative without incident. Um, but then, you know, the government has to step in and paint every aspect of anything that flies in the air with one broad brush, right? By paint, you mean ruin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> what, yeah. what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I never even, to be honest, I never even considered an entity like Amazon, you know, relishing the, the opportunity to shut down hobbyists. I never even really thought about that. Yeah, they want that airspace. Yeah. And it's it's a really polarizing subject too. I mean, I, I kind of chatted back and forth with some friends here and there and people feel both ways about it. I mean, there's there's part of the people that kind of say, you know, if you don't if you don't want to do this, you don't want to have this kind of fun, don't don't come, don't show up to this area kind of thing. And I I kind of get where they're coming from, but then that's also the wrong way to look at it because because it's not just like someone's having a good time with a skateboard and doing something dumb and, you know, they just hurt themselves. Like there's no governing body for skateboards or dirt bikes or BMX or whatever. You could do that dumb shit. And the worst thing that's going to happen is that area you skated in, they say no skating or skateboards, like big whoop. But we do have laws and governance and things we have to follow for, for helicopters. It's not quite that simple. It's, it's as if you did something really dumb with your car that no one's done before. And you know, people are going to start making restrictions on driver's licenses or whatever. You know, it's like, let's say that you did something outlandish that there's no laws for. Like you vaped so much in your car on the highway, you couldn't see through the windshield anymore. <laughs> and it became a huge safety hazard. <laughs> like there's probably going to be laws put in place that are going to affect people vaping in the car after that kind of shit, you know? Like that's that's the level we're dealing with with helicopters. And I think I think people lose sight of that at times. And I know that that I forgot. I was just so, so engaged after, you know, I, I went through some shit in the beginning of the year. I kind of left and came back to the hobby. And when I came back, it was like, I was in it just for a good time. I wasn't trying to take stuff less seriously. I was trying to just enjoy myself and I got wrapped up in it. I just went into pure enjoyment mode and I wasn't thinking about the FAA. I wasn't thinking about people banning things or, or safety of that, you know, anything like that. Obviously self-preservation and safety, my friends is always a factor i'm not gonna like hurt anybody with a helicopter but i you know have it flying over a couch and that was on fire didn't seem like a major concern as long as i had control over the helicopter kind of thing and the power lines I, it's one of those situations where like you know it's bad but i never considered what would happen and i was so kind of removed at that point from from really where i was before being super concerned about safety and and not losing helicopters because i'm so passionate about it I went along with it and I just didn't see it as a problem. Obviously when it impacted, I was so like removed from the moment. I, I said in the podcast that I was laughing and crying. It's like one of those like nervous laughs where you have no idea what's going on and you can't believe it. It's like life. It's like you're in a dream sort of thing. That's where I was when I was laughing so hard and I couldn't believe it had happened. I couldn't believe yeah. the magnitude of the explosion kind of thing. It was like, 
you know when you laugh when you hurt yourself sort of thing you ever you guys ever done that when you like seriously hurt yourself yeah yeah that's, yeah, that's kind of the the mindset that i was in there and it was just i didn't even know how to react and i just and first thought was run out there and go assess the damage and see what the hell had happened and even that i regret i mean we talked about in the podcast that i went out there and i went to go find his helicopter and i never even considered that there would be a line down I mean, I could have died that night. I, I was the first person to walk up on it and there was a line like 20 feet down from where I was. And could you imagine the news articles about that? Oh my God. People dude. partying late yeah. at night, drinking, alcohol involved. You know, I hit a power line with a remote control helicopter and, and Scott dies because he stood on a, a freaking, you know, power line that was in the trees. Like, it's insane. And never mind the fact that if that happened, forget the hobby aspect of it. Now my, my wife's alone. I have a son that never really got to know me kind of thing. Like, that's insane. The repercussions that could have come from that. Man, it's heavy, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. These are the things we have to think about. The perspectives we need to, you know, in these situations, right? When things get a little too out of control, you know, we got to put it in perspective. This, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's not, and, and on top of that, like, if we, even if we just take loss of life or, you know, the, the true, true, you know, tragic things, you know, just one step back from that is, you know, somebody puts two and two together and figures out how the power line got severed and it comes back on the club and they're issued the repair bill at $25,000 and end up having to close or lose their lease and, you know, kind of a treasure of the hobby in RCHO, which is this great little niche field, you know, known. Yeah. To some is Disneyland because of its lore and people and, and the family of, of pilots in the Southeast, which are, are amazing. And, you know, many of which are my you know, personal friends um, and I love them all. But like, what if they lose that field? Like, is it worth that? Of course not. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of reasons why. And there was you a know. lot of talk about that, too. There was people concerned that, you know, what if they do sue the club? What if Jay's responsible and and people were saying, well, maybe AMA will step in because it's an AMA field. It was an AMA event, but I'm pretty damn sure if they found out that people were shooting gaps through the power lines, you know, 20 minutes before it happened, they would not insure us. Yeah, they would not take not us. We would be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'd be left in the wind at that point, because if you read the AMA rules too, it does state that you won't operate your aircraft in a reckless or dangerous fashion, which is already borderline the way we fly 3d. Like yeah. we're literally trying to destroy it and save it in the same flight kind of thing. Yeah. Which that's getting into like, you know, nerd territory going, Oh, you guys are flying super dangerous. This is bad. Like, no, that's, we're not, we're not going that far down that. that Should use that voice more often. Like how many of us have these conversations with the plankers at our local clubs, right? About oh, like constantly. 3d is reckless or dangerous. So again, oh my God. this hits the news. And what does that do to that conversation, right? It's not just Tenfold. one field that may have some sort of effect. It can expand oh from God, there. You guys, I don't want to happened. make this bigger than it is, but like these are the things we got to think about. <laughs> what are you saying? It's happened. What happened? Yeah. I'm a fucking planker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. It, it's happening it's right now. Oh, oh, God damn it. Son of a bitch. How many no, foamies are in your shopping cart right now? <laughs> <laughs> foamies. I want to address one thing you mentioned, Scott, and that's the the mentality of if you don't like what happened, then don't come. And I can tell you, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. And I can also tell you in the conversations that I've had over the last five days with some relatively well-known and well-respected individuals in the hobby, 
that because of what happened at RCHO, they will never be at an RCHO event. Hmm. That's not good either. Yeah, definitely not. Um, yeah, that's bad press. But it, you know, that's neither here nor there. No, you know, I'm not, I, I just bring that up because that's a reality. People will choose not to go to RCHO because of what happens there. And, and you know, take it for what it's worth. Maybe they don't want them there. And, and that's fine too. But if you don't like, think about that statement and how selfish it is. If you don't like what happens here, then don't come. Okay, I can, I can definitely oblige you there. But what if something that you guys are doing causes it to be where I can't go to any fun fly ever again? Yeah. Regardless of how tame it is. And that's why I said it's the wrong mindset to have. Like, I fully understand that mindset, but the hobby doesn't work like that because of other yeah. governing bodies that have their hands in it. So, yeah, yeah I, I totally get where they're coming from. And I hope that they don't have any ill feelings. Obviously, I didn't drop any names of whoever said this, but and obviously we do share different views on things. I am passionate about making sure that helicopters are around as long as I live and I want my son to be able to fly helicopters. And I don't want to be the reason that doesn't happen. I want to be the reason that you still can't, you know? And that's really kind of the crux of that internal struggle I've been having all week. I mean, it's been, it's been a rough one because I, for, I just, for the longest, for, well, for several nights, I'm just like, dude, you're just, over, you're overreacting. That's what I've been telling myself. Dude, you're just, you're just fucking overreacting, right? What changed that was one email in particular I got from somebody who I have known for a very, very long time and respect immensely. And actually also what kind of got me thinking, and I thought about, I mean, I've thought about RCHN as a brand before. I'm not definitely not going to deny that, but I got an email from this individual and pretty bluntly just said, well, you guys just damaged the RCHN, RCHN brand with one episode. And I was like, holy shit. Maybe I'm not overreacting. You know, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, again, it's not about the people that were there. It's just about the decisions that were made. Anybody could have made those decisions. I'm sure that, that shit happens at other fun flies too, right? I'm sure it does. I don't care yeah. where the fun fly is or who's hosting it. Um, those decisions are important. I'm actually, this sounds strange. I'm kind of glad that this whole sequence of events has, has happened because the fact that this is bringing up this conversation, it's making people think about it this way, I think is great because it's so easy to fall into this rut of being kind of, you know, turning a blind eye or just going along with the fun. Cause, cause even on that show, I mean, we're talking about Devin and, and me doing a tandem over the burning couch you called us out for not doing it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I couldn't see it. <laughs> and you call me a pussy yeah. for it. Yeah. Like we're all having a good time talking about the, you know, making it crazy and stuff, but it's so hard to pump the brakes and look at safety. And yeah. I hope that this kind of sparks that thought in people's minds. I mean, I know that it's, it's kind of freshened it up for me. And, and like I said before, it's been eating away at me for a week now as I'm trying to go through and, and figure out where I screwed up and where we didn't and where we should have drawn the line and when I should have stepped in kind of thing. Cause you know, I'm not running the fun fly. I'm, I'm, I have no importance and no authority there, but 
at any point I could have gone, hey, I'm not cool with this. This is sketchy. And maybe they would have listened. Maybe they wouldn't have. But at least maybe I can kind of spark that thought in other people in that moment and kill that whole um, herd mentality thing that's going on with everyone having a good time. And maybe someone else will speak up and go, hey, me too. I'm a little concerned. And then the third and the fourth. And then maybe that's enough to make people stop doing the silliness that's going on at that point. Because even on the show, we talked about when it happened, everyone kind of, you know, I say sobered up, but everyone sobered up real quick as far as like, you know, in that mindset of a good moment. And we realized we screwed up. Like everyone, no doubt, they turned the music off. They stopped flying. So clearly everyone knew they screwed up at that point. So everyone must have known or at least had the thought earlier. Maybe that moment was a an actual teachable moment for people that were there. I, I don't know. I wasn't there, but you know, the beauty of this is you you can disagree with me. You can disagree with all of us. Um, that's good. The whole point is you're thinking about it. If you're disagreeing with us, you're thinking about it, and that's all we ask. I mean, we're not we're not necessarily we're not we're not here. It's not no necessarily about it. We're not here to 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 dictate anybody's thoughts on this particular topic. We're just asking that you think about it. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, you're going to do what you're going to do. Right. (laughs) And, and, you know, (laughs) just please make good decisions when it comes to these helicopters and things you're doing. Right. Yeah. And at least it was, it was big enough of an event that people obviously hear about it. It stirred the pot a little bit, but nobody got hurt. Good. No, yeah, obviously yeah. property was damaged and stuff that didn't belong to us, but again, no loss of life, no physical injuries. So maybe this is a good thing. And what I mean by that is it's big enough of an event for people to look at it and go, holy shit, like that could have been really dangerous. And like you said, now it's a teachable moment. Nothing bad came of it. It could have. And now we all get to look at that and go, hmm, yeah, maybe we should dial it back or reconsider some stuff. So yeah. um, the silver lining in it, I guess. Well, you know, group thinks are real. It's, it's real, man. You know, and it's, you know, something like this is, you know, if you think about it, something like this is, um, I think when you step back and you look at it, I, I think that, that if that energy of that group thinks, so to speak, was, you know, going forward, maybe RCHO and the excitement and adrenaline of going hard, and being non-typical with how you do that can still happen, right? But maybe if there's a more productive and creative way to, you know, for instance, use the flight line, because in my mind, and I'm, again, I'm looking at it from the outside, just as a spectator consuming social media, us talking about it on the show and stuff like that, you know, everybody was having a good time kind of daring each other to do stuff, but really the, the marquee adrenaline rush moments was the fu- the couch fire that burned out. Oh, let's get another one. And then now what? And then we saw what happened, right? But if you had an event that had all kinds of hairy and kind of dicey contests to do all day and all night, right? You could occupy people's time and energy and they could get the appropriate doses of adrenaline in a much more safe way, right? Um, than just laying your dick on the table and just going to town. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't know, you know, I think that, um, you know, yeah, the the important thing to remember is that, um, 
along with us all wanting to do the, I'll say in the context of our conversation, the normal thing and practice our helis and fly them and promote them to, you know, new flyers and stuff like that. You know, sometimes people want to let their hair down as well, so to speak, right? And kind of just do a little bit more exciting things, push the line, so to speak, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think one thing to remember too is that um, this hobby ain't necessarily as niche as people would think it is. I mean, it shows up in all kinds of other streams of consciousness, so to speak, digitally. You know, it'll show up in other people's feeds, all random kind of stuff, you know. Um, so, we have to be as adults that are kind of the shepherds of the image of this hobby we have to be more cognizant of that. And I think ourselves as a show myself individually as a person kind of got caught up in that whole group think of the excitement without really thinking about what's this going to look like four months down the line, you know, the, the way this, you know, without even knowing how it's going to turn out, you know? Um, but it's obvious looking back in hindsight that, certain types of behavior flying these helicopters around probably not as appropriate as others to promote on social media and make hashtags for and those kinds of things because that really broadens the perspective broadens the visibility of that kind of behavior and you know it's it's just not appropriate to do that i don't think you know so that's just another sidebar that we haven't really talked about in the show yet but it's, i think it's important for people to know that you know 20 years ago that wasn't it was just people talk had to talk to each other to know that or maybe if you somebody was there from a magazine rc heli magazine or something and they actually made an article but it something like this would have never got the coverage that even it has now right and that's just because yep. of facebook and instagram and other places where people were posting you know so hey man if you go to a fun fly and there's debauchery just keep it to yourself share it in your local groups and stuff like that let's not put it on the walls anymore that's my yeah. opinion there so, and I'm glad you, know, you touched on that too. Or you want to take that down? Well, yeah, I just want to bring up one thing. Y you talk about things that happened 20 years ago or longer. There's a pretty infamous picture of Robert Gorham kissing a hovering <laughs> oh, yeah. helicopter. Uh -huh. I've seen that picture. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, you know, right. So this isn't anything new. This isn't right? new. Right? Yep. These, you know, this kind of stuff isn't new. Uh, a different mindset back then. The government <laughs> wasn't interested in uh, things that fly. Uh, RC controlled things that fly at the point at that point in time. So it was you know it was different. I think that's kind of the overriding theme here is yeah, and avoid you know, the cancel culture, man. They've got you know they've got their sights on you know controlling and regulating things that fly, and you know RC controlled things that fly. So could imagine what would happen if a picture like that was released in today's world. Holy shit. Yeah. Anyway, go, go ahead, Scott. Um, trying to remember what he had touched on that. I was, uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> broadcasting and, you know, making these events kind of famous if you would. And that, that is something that I did want to mention too, that I feel like as we were talking about this on RCHN, that I failed to even mention that, this stuff is dangerous. You know, don't, don't try what we were talking about at home. I, even yeah. during the recording, we were still on that event high kind of thing that, that I totally didn't even think about that repercussion. Like, like we what if I talk about, absolutely kids don't try this at home thing. And yep. I'm sitting there afterwards going, nobody should try what we did. Like I've been yeah, flying for at all. <laughs> 20 odd years and 
I was nervous over the couch when the helicopter got really hard to see at times. I'm like, what if someone that's, you know, one year or less into the hobby wants to do that kind of crap and try it out and get seriously hurt? Like, I feel like that's partially my fault if someone tries to replicate that. And that's, that's terrifying. I don't want to be the reason someone hurts themselves. You screw the hobby. I don't want someone to get hurt just because of something that dumb, you know? Right, right. The butterfly this is, effect. This is kind of what I, you know, and, and that sums it up. What I've been dealing with. And it, while you guys were talking, I, I didn't, I, I was curious as to why I didn't speak up because I, I was just, as I was listening to that in the edit process, and then a listener pointed out an episode that we did way back in RCHN V2, and I, I, w- I went and listened to that episode and I feel like 10 years ago I would have. And I, and I, I, I was really feeling like a hypocrite. It's like, wh- why didn't you, why didn't you say something? Not, not, you know, not try to make you guys look bad or say anything or put you on the defensive, but to just say, well, that, you know, don't try this at home guys. You know, this is very dangerous stuff and maybe we sh- this shouldn't have happened, but I feel like at a different time I would have said something, but I didn't. Yeah. I feel like I missed an opportunity, right? I missed I missed a golden opportunity. And that's kind of what this episode you know, in my mind this is this is kind of the message that personally I wanted to relate to listeners. Um you know, yeah. we're not again, we're not trying to say that anybody's a bad person or, you know, it just these are very the the bad things can happen. Uh, and let's try to, you know, let's mitigate that risk as best we can and good decisions. That's how we're going to mitigate the risk. I feel like some of the reason too, that, that you, maybe you didn't step in and say something during the show was kind of the same reason why no one did at the event as well, just because the events going on were so shock and awe and even us telling you the story kind of thing. It's like that really happened. Like, holy shit, that seems like a story, like unbelievable. And I feel like that maybe was part of it too. You know, like you were so involved in the holy shit kind of feeling <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> that, that could be. Yeah. That everyone yeah. just forgot to take a step back and, sure. and really look at it critically. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about it, kind of waiting to put my two cents into it and starting what I think. You have my the floor. Opinion on. Uh, I have the floor. So yeah, you better have like 50 cents at this point. It's been a while. I got 75. That's <laughs> excellent. Perfect. No. So the couch thing, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with it because I feel like if it was thought out better, it could have been done safely. It, I, I really feel like you, you could do that safely. You could do that to the point where you could have full visual of the helicopter and have the couch like kind of in the background so you get the ooh and awe of it. But, you know, flying the aspect of flying it over it, I understand. It's not, it's not really safe, but it, it's that wow factor of you're flying over a burning couch. Yeah. So, did you um, want to clarify too? Like, how how hard is it for you to see it? I uh, I mean, I have we have the live video that we took there. I know, um, but mm-hmm. even you could hear it in the live video of me and you talking back and forth, going, "Uh, <laughs> uh where did you go? <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah, literally, where is it? It was, it was very serious. Like, it was disappearing for you know five ten seconds at a time. Very no scary. way. It felt like no, that, but it was not not, not no that long. Was it, if it was more than a second or two, I would have hit hold and put it in. Like, oh, there was God. no way. 
Dude, your frame rate's so high in a moment like that, Devin. You bet. It was probably like a second and a half. Oh, it, it just felt, you know, because you're it sitting sure there did. like, oh, oh my God, it's gone. And then, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was kind of on the fence. It wasn't safe the way we did it, but I do also think that if we sat down and thought it through, we could have done it safely. Um, the the power lines is just was just plain above the top stupid and not thought about at all and with no precaution at all. Big that brain sh- that shouldn't have happened really at all. It should not have happened. Um, and then only one other thing that I think we mess- uh, brought up on the podcast when we were talking last week, two weeks ago, um, is we also kind of had a little bit of a pure influence of somebody flying with broken blades. I don't, I want to stress that too of, do, of everyone knows flying with a broken set of blades, internally broken and even with fractures through the blade that you could see on the surface is also incredibly stupid. And deadly, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And like everyone jokes about that, you know, you crash your helicopters, everyone's like, spool it up. Like, we need people to know that that's a joke every time someone says that shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and for the new guys, there are still some blades out there that have a weight at the end that will eject from the blade when it comes apart. And if it's still in there partially and you spool up and you're flying around, that thing will come at you like a bullet to the face. Mm-hmm. So yeah. beware. Don't do it. Yeah. So that was, that was one of the big things for me because I know that had happened before the power line incidents. And that's when I mentally started going, Oh, okay. Like, and finally started kicking in of what was going on, you know, but yet again, everyone was just kind of there. So you never say anything. It's just, you kind of go with it. But yet again, very, one of the most, one of the another stupid things that happened that night along with the power line incidents that shouldn't have been done. Like Scott said, we does it get yelled out? Oh, just fly it anyway. Yeah, but that is 100% sarcasm just joking around like don't do that. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about it is is there's just definitely some thought before you do something, put some thought into it and going, is it, is, how is it going to affect not just myself, like Dan said, but that power line didn't even run, probably didn't even run through anybody's head until afterwards that Jesus, like you're talking about possibly taking out a neighborhood worth of power and affecting a a whole neighborhood of in the area. Yeah, for sure. That's not something you want to do at all. Yeah, I think not a single person there thought that it was actually going to cut a line or damage it. Everyone is in the mindset that the heli would just explode. It just shows the power behind those blades and how people lose sight of it. And they can do a lot more than what we think. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So one thing too, just kind of an offshoot, and I from from experience, uh, at Skyfish, we had contracts to uh, do photogrammetry on transfer stations and I can tell you the hoops that we had to jump through to even fly a drone around a transfer station was immense up to including a $20 million liability policy 
uh, law enforcement had to be brought in. The companies that were involved, not, you know, the power companies that were involved with that transfer station had to be brought in. They generally sent engineers out with us whenever we were doing it. Yeah, just in um, case. It's a, you know, I know, we, I know we're not talking about a transfer station here, but my point is, you know, the government could potentially look at something like that. You know what? I'm not even going to go down that road because, it, I mean, it, it, it could be serious. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. Anytime utility variances are not to be fucked with. Infrastructure is taken very serious by state, local, state, and federal uh, agencies. I can tell you that. But just food for thought. I mean, it's it, there's there's implications that could be very detrimental. But we know that we've we've been kind of beating that for about an hour now, so. Um, I don't know. Any, any closing thoughts on this guys before we do a little bit of news? Yeah. I'd love Is to add a little something piece? here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, first I want to say that I got just as caught up in it as anybody else. You know, I wasn't on the episode I missed, but I was excited by the pictures of the aftermath. Like I was watching the live streams. Like I was in that same sort of group think, you know, herd mentality of the same thing, getting excited by it and not necessarily thinking, in the right mindset, right, of the repercussions of these things and the safety-related causes. So first, I just want to say thank you to the listeners that emailed us and messaged us to sort of put us in check, but to just call attention to the mission of RCHN. You know, Dan talked a minute ago about RCHN being a brand, and I think the word that I, I lean to maybe just a tiny bit more than that is, is that RCHN does have a legacy um, that was put forth by 2.0 for sure. And I think... You know, maybe for me, and I don't want to speak for anyone else, but some of us that are kind of new to the team here, I didn't really, like the weight of that didn't really sink in until a week ago when kind of those messages were going down. So I want to acknowledge that, you know, we made a mistake. We got a little excited and caught up on something and we didn't frame it in the right mindset. We didn't, you know, come back and call out the safety issues or the repercussions. Uh, and I hope you, that you, the listeners, will continue to call us on our shit by all means. Um, and you know, from here on out, I think this has been a great exercise in that I hope that not only all of us at Funflies will call these things out or have a little more confidence to do so, but also for me here personally at RCHN, it's going to make me think of things, you know, frame them in the right way. That's a good thought. That is a good thought. And it's true. And I, and I'm going to say, I was just, I was in the same boat, Nick, as you, because when I saw that first photo, that, that photo that you ended up putting up. When I saw that, I was like, holy shit, that is an amazing photograph. Yeah, hats off to Richard Sowers for that photo because it's badass. Yeah. So, yeah, I was caught up in it as well, right? I, I um, There's no question about that. All right. Anything else, guys? And by the way, as Nick said, please, you know, send us your thoughts. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, that's... We'd love to hear it one way or the other. I mean, anytime, anytime you want to call, call us out on something. Absolutely. Send us your thoughts. That's great. It's good to get that feedback. Anything else? Or we should do, should we do some news? Yeah, let's do the news. we got lots of news. News. Uh, news. <laughs> news. Our news guy is back. <laughs> uh, news.
another one. We do have some news this week. This is kind of a, a week full of lots of quick hits. So lots of little topics this week. Um, maybe I should continue the theme of this episode and apologize for the news in my absence. Um, I already did that for you. (laughs) Thanks. Um, (laughs) We're going to get serious just for a quick minute here, uh, especially as this this company has been a past supporter of RCHN. But uh, Ken Peterson of Lower Heli announced that after 14 years, they'll be closing their doors uh, in the near future. Uh, LowerHeli.com is currently selling off inventory at reduced prices and... uh, We'll be closing up shop. Sadly, uh, you know, the hobby has lost another vendor. Um, you know, we never like to see that. Let me, let me, I kind of feel like I should say a few words just about that, not to <laughs> break in your news, but no, just do because it it. you mentioned, uh, you know, Lower Heli and Ken being a supporter of the show. They were a sponsor of version two for a long, long time. And for those of us that were on the West Coast, Pacific Northwest in particular, he was a much like you guys had Shannon over here with Only Fine Helis. We had Ken the Wizard, as we called him, uh, up in the Northwest. He was at every fun fly, ours included. Um, had all the parts you needed. Always a smiling face and was a pleasure to deal with. And for a very, very long time, most of us that lived in the Northwest did most of our part shopping. If he had the, if he supported the machines that we flew through Ken and and it'll be missed. Everything runs its course and um, Ken the Wizard was awesome. Thanks, Ken, for all your support over the years. Yeah, word up. Right on. All right, moving on from there. Uh, Black Friday sales are on the horizon at most of your favorite hobby retailers next week. So if you're itching to purchase something, don't be that guy and buy it this week. Hold on until it's on sale next week or you'll be paying extra for it. Or conversely, I just kind of personally want to offer a different perspective on that, right? Like we, we talk here on the podcast often about, you know, losing some of our favorite online retailers. You know, we've lost, you know, sort of two this year in rapid succession. So if you really want to support your favorite hobby store and your favorite retailer and you want to ensure that they stay open, perhaps consider not taking advantage of Black uh, Black Friday sales, right? Wait till the sale is over. Pay full price for your order if you can afford to. I'm not saying you shouldn't take advantage of a sale, but just as a different perspective, maybe consider, you know, helping them out, paying full price for that next kit. I like that idea, personally. Yeah. You know, it's not for everyone. You know, again, sure. send your hate mail to dan or rchnv3.com. Um, <laughs> or you fuck at rchnv3.com. Or you fuck at rchnv3.com, which real works. Uh, anyway, just something to think about, right? Let's support our, our favorite retailers uh, in the hobby. Uh, speaking of retailers, uh, HeliDirect welcomed Matt Bodos to their team this week. Uh, I don't have any inside info here, but uh, I think always, uh, you know, folks seem to be happy to see Matt staying involved in the hobby. So congrats to him. Uh, And to keep things balanced around here, uh, BK Hobbies also announced some new team members recently they picked up, um, most of which came to them after the Only Fine Helis team closed up shop. So BK has picked up uh, Andy Ross from the Freefall RC podcast and the world's greatest Nitro ambassador and uh, local Atlanta uh, hobbyist, Tom Shin, has joined BK Hobbies as well. So congrats to those guys, too. Holy Shin. Hi, Tom. 
Dude, he's the man. That poor guy yeah, gets so many messages in our Atlanta like chat about like help me figure out Nitro all day long. He's a saint. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I learn a lot just reading all the questions he answers. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite Tom out of all the Toms I know. <laughs> <laughs> what about Dick and Harry? Oh no, he's still yeah. my favorite out of that. But he's not my favorite Shin. He's my favorite Tom, but not my favorite Shin. What, about, <laughs> what if you reverse those two in Harry and Dick? Oh my God! Oh. Uh, yeah, oh, thanks yeah. for ruining a joke. You just gotta take it down every time. <laughs> no, <laughs> Devin, that's my middle Shin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, Nobody moral does. Compass. Moral compass. <laughs> that's my All longer right. Audi. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Let's get this train back on the rails. A little quick hit on the Mikado update from last week's news. Uh, We talked a little bit, or Scott rather, in my absence. Thank you, Scott. Talked a little bit about the latest software release for the V-Control Touch and Classic. Uh, One little feature that just got missed there I wanted to highlight was just that uh, this new feature update, and I haven't tested this personally yet, keep meaning to, uh, will now suggest the last five battery packs you used for that specific model if you're using battery telemetry in use. So if you're like me and you have about 25 different battery packs stored in your V-Control using battery telemetry where you're flying by capacity, so you tell it that it's a 6S 5,000 milliamp pack and it uses that to count you down from you know 90 to 10% battery remaining, etc. Um, it will, instead of giving you the list of 25, uh, although I'm sure you can still get to that, give you at the top of the list the most five common packs you use for that helicopter, which is kind of a nice feature. So you're not scrolling around looking for it. Dude, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's just handy little, you know, simple touches um, that are, uh, you know, handy little touches. I appreciate people thinking of sometimes not the giant new feature, but just the little tiny thing that's kind of helpful. All right. And then uh, ProPilot Ben Storick recently released a flight video uh, where he went back and added commentary on his own flight afterwards. I'm just calling attention to this because I kind of would love to see this trend continue from some other pros. Uh, Interestingly, on Ben's video taken uh, in Nevada at an elevation of uh, 5,000 feet where the field is there, uh, he talks about having to up his head speed and his pitch to compensate for the altitude. Actually cranked his head speed on a a raw 700 at 2350 RPM and 16 degrees of pitch to get the thing to respond how he's used to it, uh, which I thought was pretty notable. But I just liked hearing like, a pro pilot, like literally way, you know, he's home from the fun fly and then Ben sits down at a, at a laptop and kind of commentates on his own flight and just gives you some kind of what's going through his mind at different times and thinking through things. I don't know. It was just kind of a fun little insight and a little different from some of the flight videos we've seen in the past. So if you're interested in seeing that, you can find that on the Heli Direct YouTube channel. I, we should do that. Should mic pilots while they're flying, though? Not like after, yeah. but during. Yeah. So, like, you're watching me fly. I'm coming across. I'm just like, shit, fuck, shit. Oh, oh, God. Oh, that's a great idea. That's the layer. So, we should get all three, right? So, you get the flight, you get the initial, oh, shit, fuck, that's not what it's supposed to do. And then you, you add in, like, the, oh, yeah, here's where I made that total mistake look good because I just turned it into a transition and nobody had any idea. <laughs> This is where I was glad I wore my brown pants. <laughs> Scott and Devin, I see some uh, wired up mic uh, experiences for you guys. Oh, yeah. oh, next year. It, it might be great because from Scott, you're definitely going to hear shit fuck. And from me, you're going to hear fuck shit. To add to that. So you can get, we, we actually have one. It's a, it's a four track little digital recorder. We could put Scott, 
on one mic, Devin on the other, one of them flying or, you know, and the other just standing next to him while they're kind of <laughs> harassing each other. Yeah. Dude. Oh, that would be <laughs> great. And then oh. get somebody to film that flight so we could then time them and then just put that whole flight video out with that commentary. I know a guy oh, who has dude. all that hardware right here ready to go. I don't know if we want that. Like, Devin, how many times have we been flying? And I'm like, shut up, Devin. Shut up. You're trying to get me to do dumb stuff. Oh, no, we want that's this. What we yeah, we want that's, this. yeah but you do the thing. same thing to me, but I listen. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're making this happen. This is 100% going to happen. This sounds like a great idea. I definitely want to hear Scott going, yo, shut up. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, there goes that. <laughs> All right, I, we're going to pause the news for a quick second here for a quick PSA. All right, this is just a personal pet peeve of mine, but I saw another post on the Hangout on Facebook from someone that crashed on a maiden at Spool Up because they had not checked their control and gyro directions. And I just want to say, for the love of Pete, please, people, check your control throw directions and then your gyro corrections before your maidens. It takes two minutes. Do it in the yeah. shop. Do it at the field at the table. Better yet, and here's what we do in Atlanta. We almost always try and buddy up on a maiden. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a badass pro pilot or somebody new. We set the example. We do it 100% of the time for the most part. Um, you grab your heli. The other guy grabs it, right? Who's not the, the guy whose helicopter it is. And he says, show me left. Show me right. Show me forward elevator. Show me back. Show me positive pitch, negative pitch. All right. And then they'll grab the helicopter. And they'll verify all the gyro directions are correct, right? So someone else checking everything. Then they're going to go through rudder and then rudder corrections. Like, take the five minutes for that. I don't want to see any more posts where somebody crashes on spool up because they didn't check that. I've done that before. Who's Pete? His name. Don't know. <laughs> I fear, you know, I think I'm the only one who hasn't done that yet. And I feel like it's a ticking time bomb. So I'll be eating my own words in the future. <laughs> but I just want to try and send that positive energy out in the world. Like... Come on. We're going to hear Nick. God damn it. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Next <laughs> week. Don't worry. He he happens, I'll be wearing a microphone and I'll do it in front of a bunch of people. And I'll be like, fuck. Yeah. See, you just said you do it 100% of the time for the most part. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> I got I to leave that little loophole in there for me. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I am kind of a, a little OCD. I know a big shocker um, about that stuff. All right, a couple last little pieces of news here. Uh, this one is kind of interesting. Rotatech announced the development and nearby release of the Ultimate 420 millimeter blades. Uh, these are made specifically for helis like the RAW 420. Now, this is interesting to me, and I haven't yet had a chance to, to contact these guys, but uh, they claim a 10% increase in rotor thrust, a 15 to 20% increase in flight times, and a 15% increase in rotational rates without sacrificing stability and vastly improved low RPM and auto rotation performance. I think I'm curious about is how do, where do those numbers come from, right? Like, yeah, no, I mean, it's easy to figure out flight times. Like that's very repeatable, but you know, 20, you know, 15% increase in rotational rates. How do you figure that out? I don't know how they test that. I'm kind of fascinated by that. But anyway, um, how do you get more thrust and more flight time in the same flight? Better efficiency, presumably. Well, um, rotational rate know. too. Yeah. You can yeah, crank up. You can crank up your fly barless, and just like Futaba, after your flight, you can plug in, and it tells you your maximum degrees per second you achieved. Uh, okay, that's cool. So you you do the same thing, and then it'll be twenty percent higher if you have a more efficient blade that doesn't stall out, kind of thing. 
Oh, cool. got it. Yeah, I'm definitely not implying that this data is wrong. I'm just curious how they gather it. Um, kind of want to re- reach, hit up Jonas and, uh, and see if I can get some insight. That kind of interests me. Um, my favorite feature they list for these blades is, quote, significantly improved audio signature, end quote, which I think is marketing speech for it makes blade farts. Dude, they must have upgraded the firmware on the farts. Nice. <laughs> nice. You listen. They did listen to me. I know. I love that they call oh, that yeah. out. That kind of like, you know, warmed my heart a little bit. Um, but production I, on I these... Had like a, I wish they had a more sense of humor with the marketing too, and they're like 37% more purple. <laughs> 27% more sparkle. <laughs> Sparkles. <laughs> 40% more fartage. Oh, I love it. But uh, anyway, production is starting any day now, so look for them soon. Uh, I've certainly enjoyed the Ultimate Blades in a few different sizes on my 580 and my 700, so definitely recommend uh, giving a set of those a try. All right, and then lastly, we've had a recent Facebook post from RCHN roving reporter Elaine Reed. Uh, she realized that our very own Dan does not make his own lunch <laughs> every day. Uh, she's also <laughs> apparently Dan has also recently suffered from supply chain shortages and was reduced to only one bag of Cheetos in his lunch today. However, Elaine assures us that the supply of Cheetos has been restored, and that <laughs> is it for the news this week. <laughs> Dude, you missed a big they, one. They you got shrink plated. I didn't miss it. You're about to say it. Therefore, it's, it's all so. It, well, here's the kicker. I don't know if this is new news or not, but we've not talked about it. The uh, AMA has been named the first recognized CBO community-based organization for the FAA, which means as soon as that process gets, well, as soon as the FAA figures it out, they will be able to let their local clubs register as free as. Yeah, buddy. That's That's cool. cool, That's good news for the hobby. It's good news. That is good news. Um, so there's one statement in this press release that I take issue with, and it's this. For more than a decade, Congress has looked to the AMA to manage the recreational model aircraft community. <laughs> you can't even say it with a straight face. Yeah. Okay. And I've got another bit of news. But first, Nick. I need to know if you're not standing or there's not, nothing in your immediate vicinity that your head could hit or maybe you've got some anti-anxiety medications nearby. Uh, no. Uh-oh. You good? Is this retaliation for the Cheetos? <laughs> no, no, no. No, this is something I wanted to do the other day, but you had you got called to work so you couldn't come to the show. So in a second, you're going to see a picture in our chat group. Are you ready? There it goes. Tell me what's going through your mind when you see this picture. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nick is dead. It puts the tools in the basket. It puts the tools back in the basket. (laughs) That's the good old arm sweep technique right there. That's uh, that's starting the build on the uh, Kraken, just so you know, Nick. 
all as I see is a jimongous tin of dry lube. <laughs> oh, you do, don't you? Yeah, aerosol spray, yeah. Yeah, this is fix it right, Dan. Fix it right. What'd you need yeah. all that lube for? I don't know. That's what. I, that's what, dude. That's like five years old. That's all they had at the hardware store when I went to buy it in Montana. Oh, I see. I've never used it. Uh-huh. I've never. I've never used that. I like how this but, whole time, uh, though, we've been waiting for a response from Nick, and he's the only one that hasn't said anything. I think he died. Right? <laughs> he, he's mentally assembling oh, everything. Fuck, in the I'm bio. muted. God damn it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that makes it worth it. <laughs> uh, what do you think, oh, man? The first thing I said uh, was, is that Frank's workbench? <laughs> Sorry, Frank. Don't throw me out of the hangout. Uh, <laughs> the second thing I was, was like, holy crap. Like, that's insane, dude. That, that that looks like the carbon fiber threads when they got mangled on those blades. <laughs> is that, I've been saving that one for you. Is that a sculpture or an actual like? Are you actually in the middle of a build there? <laughs> it's uh, it's an impressionist piece. That is actually just going around step. the picture, and I just realized there's a all-in-one printer on that shelf too. What, <laughs> what other kind of gems are hiding amongst this pile of stuff? Holy crap, dude! I'm going to be twitching all night from this. You see the, you can see the main shaft in the gearbox there, the uh, cracking somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. I see some. There's also a gearbox in the main shaft there for the Kraken 580 Nitro. To, oh, yeah. See to that right one. That. Yeah. If you look in the some... center of the rubble, there you go. It's just random. It's kind of hard to make out the shit. There's the Forza canopy from the Crash Forza that's probably like somewhere off to the side. Yeah, it's right here next to me. And then, uh, yeah, that's, um, in fact, it still looks like that right now, except there's a completed crack in it. Well, it's not quite completely done, but it's mostly done. Oh, did you, did you get a present today, Dan? I did. I got a, I got an Ego Grift motor. Drift. Drift. <laughs> not Ego Grift. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Sorry, I, know, I know, it's just, it's just funny. I like that. I caught a case of the Ebola Grift. <laughs> and then I got, you'll see the little parallel charger for the little Logo 200 batteries. I got that in the other day. Have you flown it yet? To me. No, I've not had a chance, dude. Oh. I've charged batteries. I went to go fly the other day um, on the weekend. I, I was working from home most the whole weekend. And I charged, I was charging some batteries and I can't really see outside from the basement. You know what that uh, means? What's that? No fly. Yeah, well, it started raining and it didn't stop, and now it's snowing. Ooh. Did you get any snow, Devin? I got flurries. Yeah, we got about an inch. Not enough to say. It's cold. It is cold. Anyway, that's all I have for news. I'm going to probably post that picture on Facebook so people can enjoy it as well. That's some great news. I love it, though. Guys, I don't know that we've got enough time to really do any topics any justice. Uh, you want to babble for a few minutes, or what do you guys want to do? Yeah, man. Blah, 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 we could do the weeks, the weeks right? We yeah, do we, the could weeks. Do, we could do the weeks, sure. sure. Yeah. I'm excited well, to do weeks. Since I already kind of started, I'll just kind of finish 
Whoa, Dan, never go first. first. You're not supposed uh, to go first. Well, but we've been guard recording for an hour and 20 minutes. So. Oh, fine. He's like, it's I'm really, going. Fine. It's not really first. It's past Anyway, so the week for me has been at work while it's dark, back home after it's dark, and it's just been crazy. So I've not had any opportunities to fly. However, I have started the build well i pretty much at this point have completed the build as as nick mentioned i was able to hook up a he hooked me up with a, a motor an ego drift motor so that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle and actually i was working on it before we started recording uh got it kind of mounted up in there not finished with it yet but uh it's really all that's left got a couple packs in and uh so i can make some 12s stick packs and uh, what else did I get? Oh, I got some Neos in. Yeah. Hey. I was able to get some of those directly from Mikado USA, which was nice because nobody else has them anymore, as we all know. And yeah, just that's that's really about it. Uh, not, I mean, I didn't even really, did we do anything over the weekend? I don't know that we did. Sure we did. And I'm going to be in trouble for not remembering. No, I don't think we did. If we did, it wasn't. Too big of a deal, but um, just working my ass off. Now, this schedule that I'm on right now is, unfortunately, it's going to happen every three months, and it's been crazy since about the 30th of October. It should start to wind down by the end of this week, kind of back into a normal groove and not, you know, 14-hour, 15-hour days every day. Other than that, that's about it. And, oh, one thing, I've got a friend, and I know Nick offered and told me that he would send me his uh, VR goggles if I wanted to try. And I might take you up on that, Nick, because I've got a friend out uh, in the Northwest uh, that is badgering me to to do it. He said it'll make a world of difference in my simming, and I'll be able to start working on some of that problem areas. He, he swears by it. I, I, don't, I don't know. Scott, have you tried VR simming? Yeah, I think it's absolutely amazing. So really? it always bugged me in simming how you just can't get a feel of where the helicopter is in position and stuff. And like when it goes above your head and you lose the ground, you have no idea where it is. It changes all of that. So like okay. doing big air is now a thing in the sim. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so I'm thinking about trying it. Um, he's sending me links and saying shit like, did you order it yet? You know, I mean, I'm like, I just haven't even, I mean, I looked at it. He wants me to get a Reverb G2. I don't know if you guys know anything about these things. I don't know. Nope. He's nope. got one that said he spent he spent $2,000 on it. I'm like, yeah, Whoa. that's not happening. Yeah, the Quest is yeah. cheaper. It's not cheap, but it's cheaper. Anyway, it's got the ability for, uh, you know, he's also sent me links to some dude, some eye doctor that makes prescription inserts. I don't know. Nick, you've mentioned that you don't really think it's necessary. Maybe... I ought to take you up on that offer if it still stands before I go spending, you know, four or five, six hundred dollars on this stuff. Yeah, um, I'm happy to. I have just one small condition. I'm I'm just need a lane to take a photo of you wearing them and using it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could be a deal breaker. You gotta make sure you gotta make sure whichever one you get. You gotta make sure whichever one you get, Dan, that the um the software lets you assign a switch on your radio that simulates you diving out of your chair out of the way when you get vapor lock. So right. You want to practice what that feels like to be on the ground and watch the hell go over your head and stuff. I know what that feels like. 
Yeah. Oh, well. Been there. Okay. Well, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to relive it in in the metaverse. No, it's, yeah, I was it's trying to teach cool. Ed how to fly, and he did that to me. He buzzed me, and I'm on the ground on the on my back, looking up at a helicopter. Above yeah. me, oh, Jesus Christ, dude, get that thing away from me! Oh God. <laughs> yeah, that was not not pleasant. But anyway, that's my week. Who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go, go next. You can oh. go. Okay, I'll go. you go. So my week is short and sweet. I basically did not fly at all. It was raining all weekend, so no flying. Uh, I continued doing some more work on the V2 gasser. That's almost ready to fly. So I got servos in. I got them all centered. Uh, I got all my throws done, All everything, my eight degrees. Checked all the surfaces, Nick. Made sure it was sensing the right way. Yes. Yeah, you like that? Um, but besides that, really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not very much in the, in the hobby industry this week. Just mostly just wrenching and hanging out. Hmm. Yeah, bad weather sucks. Yes. It's that time of year. Yeah, no it's shit. Time to start simming more. Dude, that's kind of where I'm at. Dude, that, my week has been basically... Uh, I, you know, cause the, the weather's turning. So I've been paying closer attention to like out like 10 days or like a week, you know, and I already anticipated that this whole week, um, going by this last week was going to be just shitty out. It was going to be extra cold and then snowy and wet. And so I basically put all my big helicopters packs in storage charge and they're just packed away. And then I charged up all the packs for the oxy two and, so I've been going back and forth between sim time and um, just to get it out of my system, just a little hovering kind of stick time down in my basement. You know, the basement's not super big, so I can't really do anything but just hover around and stuff. But still, it scratches the itch, as it were, and to, for like real analog flying, right? Um, and the weather's starting to settle down a little bit. It's not really... We, we've got snow that's going to stick around for a while, probably two inches, three inches maybe on the ground. and. Um, so here in the next couple of days, it'd probably start warming up and maybe by this weekend, I'll be able to maybe fly one or two of them outside, get my, uh, um, snow angels, right. And get the inverted hover snow angels in the yard or something. Um, but I'm not trying to press my luck or anything. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I've been at small helis and, uh, uh, virtual heli time, um, all week. I think we should do. An RCHM sim session. Oh boy, <laughs> no one's done that before. Yeah, that's a new, that's a novel idea you got there, Devin. You you know what? If it's an idea, <laughs> dude. No, you know far between. I get it, man. Good, yeah. good one, Devin. So Thank check you. this out. Way back in the day, I did that for a while. Back in the day, right after we first started uh, version two. I would go in the forum and just put out there, hey, I'm going to go on Phoenix. And every now and then folks would come on there and with my little, the same mixing board I was using for my mic here, um, I would uh, hook up some music through it um, and bring that into the computer and play it so that while we were all in there in Phoenix, we could just play to some playlist of music and I would just have something playing and some random strangers would come in there. I think I made the room like, I think you could only make it like, eight thick or something like that and so i would just run the room for like 
a half hour and then kick everybody out and let new people come in and stuff like that and just sim for a few hours, you know, or just let it stay on and let other people come in there and fly. Yeah, parties with that DJ Nixon. <laughs> yes. <Or> Nix RC. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Cool beans, man. Neato. And with your VR goggles, you could be our digital DJ, Dan. I play music that nobody likes. Yeah. How and bad can it be? Wicka, 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 papas. <laughs> oh, dude, it's all metal. It's metal or dude, nothing. Dude, that's all right. That stuff's good to fly to. It's like the musical equivalent of his workbench. Just angry, <laughs> angry chaos. <laughs> Refined and cultured. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Don't judge me. <laughs> Not judging. I listen okay. to some of that. <laughs> We're just being quiet because we're judging, you know? Yes, I know. I know. All right, who's next? Unless Rob wasn't done. Are you done, Rob? Yeah, I'm done. Go All right, I'll go next. <clears throat> so after five weeks of business travel, I finally got to fly. Uh, the other day I went out. Holy shit, do you remember Monday. how? You know, it's funny. So I ordered one of those short, heavy cones that Scott uh, sent me the link for. Uh, that are great for practicing over because if you land or touch the skids, it's short enough that blades won't clip it and it doesn't blow away. Uh, anyway, so I got one of those and I was like, I haven't flown in five weeks. I don't know. I have any idea how this is going to feel. I'm just going to do some basic fundamentals. I'm going to throw the cone out there. I'm just going to do some hover orientations and maybe some figure eights or, or whatever for a few packs. It was cold for me here in Atlanta. Like it's been you know, fairly warm in most of the places I've been in the last five weeks. And it was 45 degrees and blowing like 10 to 15. So it was kind of a cold, breezy day uh, for me anyway. And so I was like, I only brought a few charge packs, went to the, the real close field near my house. And, you know, I started doing some upright orientation stuff over the cone and that was kind of fun. And then trying to transition between orientations and not drift way off the cone and then come back. Um, and then I quickly got really comfortable. I was surprised how fast i was just went back to you know my normal ability level which is not much but uh it felt really comfortable really fast i was surprised how much i retained i was expecting to feel a lot more rusty when in fact i felt a lot more comfortable so that was cool that was a nice surprise nice. um and you know i've got three cones i'm keeping in the car at this point so hoping to take a little inspiration from scott's story about really you know working on those things and uh, you know trying to get somewhere with that um, in other things, let's see what else is going on. So I picked up a new helicopter, uh, or new to me. Uh, it's a used heli with not a lot of flights on it. I picked up from, uh, someone local here in Atlanta. Uh, and it's really funny. I thought since I was buying this helicopter locally, that it was literally going to arrive like hundred percent complete. And I was just going to throw electronics in it and go fly. Uh, but this particular person, and this is totally fine. It was just literally pure comedy had basically turned it back into a kit for resale so it would ship smaller. Uh, so I pick up the box and I was like, what the hell? You're so, like, dang it. Uh, and I still don't have to build as much. Like the head's together, although I'll pull that apart and just triple check it because that's just who I am. Um, but, you know, the frame's largely together and whatnot. So it's not completely disassembled. But, uh, you know, I got a good laugh out of that. So got the Logo 700 to build uh, up in front of that right now. Um Direct sent me some fun toys to do some videos on. So I currently have the new Flywing 450, 
uh, here at the house, which has a new canopy design and a couple of new, you know, small features. Um, so I have that to play with, but the thing I'm really enjoying right now is, uh, they also offer a scale body for that helicopter. So I have the, yeah. uh, new Huey UH1 scale body for the Flywing 450. So I've been playing with that. Um, and the H1 flight controller is, is, is kind of an interesting FBL. You know, it's, it's one of those ones that's meant to work with the GPS module, and, you know, you can flip all these switches and it will literally like take off and land pretty much. Um, it will hover at a stable altitude and hold its GPS position if you want it to. You literally hit a switch and it'll go inverted if you want to. Now on a scale heli, obviously that's not terribly useful. I'm going to disable all those features. That's not what I'm interested in. You know, I just want to play with the little scale heli and make fun, you know, noises as I fly the Huey around uh, in figure eights and go <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> fun with it, you know. Make helicopter sounds um, and do some fun Dive landings. The cone. A little, you know, flare landings. You know, like kind of picturing it landing in the middle of you know the woods somewhere or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, if you don't blast fortunate sun while you fly that thing. Oh, I know, right? Like you have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking, um, Scott. I was like, oh, that would be. And then you said it. I was like, I'm happy that someone's thinking the same thing as me. <laughs> But, yes. I mean, wh- whenever the video comes out, which I'm I'm still filming and playing with it, I haven't made it yet. Um, the scale guys are going to lie. It's, it's totally a fun scale heli, but literally I'm like gluing the, uh, you know, plastic windows into the thing with a hot glue gun, which I'm like, oh, the scale guys are going to kill me for this. <laughs> They're going to be like, ew. <laughs> I'm sure there's some proper adhesive I'm supposed to use for this, but, you know, it's fun scale and I am really focusing on the fun uh, and enjoying it. Um, you know what yeah. you need to do? What's that? You need to get some of those little green plastic army men and put them in the LZ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to modify this thing. Like, it's not mine. I have to send it back. But I'm like, it'd be cool to cut a hatch in and, like, drop parachuters out or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I would. Have a little fun with it. Do little candy drops. Um, but I'm pretty sure if I cut a hatch into it, I'm going to get in trouble somewhere. So um, It just came like fun. that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> shipping and I just ran with it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm going to get a call from Sam. He's going to be like, why are all these people calling me asking why theirs didn't come with a hatch? I'm like, oh, I don't know, yeah. Sam. I got no idea. Like, um, we don't sell it like that. Damn it. Uh, so that's fun to play with. And then, so I sold a bunch of stuff recently. Um, I sold a kit that I, I turned the other direction on decided I was going to go a different way. You know, I just sold a few random pieces in the last week or so. Now I have all this money sitting in my PayPal. And I don't need, I don't need any more helicopters. My fleet is fine, but I'm like, I keep staring at the strike 7.1. There you go. There you go. It's cool. And I've seen Dan's and I've seen Sean's and, and, um, Tanner's. And I'm like, I keep seeing them everywhere. I'm like, this just looks fun. And the build looks cool. And I know I'm not going to order it, but I'm still thinking about it. It's been in my cart like 12 times this week. So I'm fighting. I keep hearing like everyone's voice in my head going, you're never going to get better if you just keep buying and building. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, that's my week. That's my update. It feels really good to be not at work, honestly, after five weeks straight. So it's amazing to be home and to be able to fly and be amongst my Atlanta heli people and all that stuff. So it's good to be back. That's all I got. That leaves one more. Yeah. Um, so I didn't fly, so I'm going to take a no fly. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to start a car and 
Wait, what? Yeah. That's all. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I bought a car. No car. Did you buy it? What kind of car? I um I might have bought some RC cars. Um, the slight deviation addiction is real. Uh, having some fun, getting into something a little different. I think it might be a winter fascination while it's cold out, but it's not all bad. I, I did a good thing in order to do a bad thing. I um <laughs> I sold my whole FPV drone setup and got rid of it, so I'm no longer no! a drone guy. No more drones. But but yeah. now I have more cars than I do helicopters. Hashtag no you, drones here. No you drones should have kept a camera and some goggles and drove that shit around in FPV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I used to do um you know those uh, with tiny whoop races and stuff at the local yeah. hobby store, and yeah. I had so much fun doing that. And I think I really enjoyed the racing aspect of it because it was like competitive and fun, and you're hanging out with your buddies and stuff. And it died off like a year ago or two years ago, so I, I kind of missed that and. Again, we talked yeah. about like randomly finding a hobby store when uh, when John Titus gave me the shaft. Funny story. I met up with him a week later and he gave me a rotor head. So I'm like, hey, here we are again. Now you're giving me head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but oh. like, yeah, found that store. And I don't know. Like, it seems a lot of fun. I was actually there before this recording and I went to hang out for a bit and watch him race. And it looks like a good time. So That's I should cool. have my cars together by next week and I'll get tooling around there. So is that going to be like circuits and racing indoors at the place there or going yep. rogue in your in rogue no, in the winter? A, they've got a track there. It's all indoors. It's all heated. So I don't have to be nice. cold. Nice. So I think it'll be yeah, fun. Perfect. Yeah. Maybe I can pollute some of them and make them try helicopters too. So do it. Bring, bring a micro in there. Bring something small and fly in there for them. I was going to say, yeah. I'll give you three races before you walk up to the shelf and pull a Blade Nano S2 off the shelf and start. Like, <laughs> and be like, let me show you. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. I think I'll do that. Yeah, ready to fly for like a hundred bucks or something. I love the helicopter, the S2. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, Even it's S3 now. But the thing's a work of art. Like everyone kind of bashes on like Blade stuff as being entry level, you know, toy stuff. That helicopter's no joke. It's fun as shit. Dude, that's how I learned Collective Pitch was on the, the Nano S2. Nice. How much is that? A hundred bucks. It's like you need 80 a bucks or something without spectrum? a transmitter. Yeah, yeah spectrum. spectrum. Or you can buy the Ready to Fly for not much more than the whatever the kit is. Not, yeah, you, you can do like a radio like five or six or something. I desperately want a small heli like that to yeah. harass the shit out of my cat. Well, don't do this one. Don't buy a Spectrum radio. Buy that uh, Radio Master because it does a bunch of different protocols. So oh, you can yeah. bind it to like a bunch of different kinds of helicopters and stuff too. Like it directly binds to those gooskies and stuff, I believe. They can do Futaba. Yeah. They yeah. can do all of them, dude. All the things. Yeah, it's awesome. It can do all the Target and Walmart drones and <laughs> toys and shit too. Really? Yeah, for Did sure. I just like all for that? WL Toys and all those other little non-weird brand ass toys that aren't IR. Yeah, if they're 2.4, most of them will run the protocol that's in the list on oh, the forum. Okay. The multi-protocol funk, yeah. That radio is no joke. How much is yeah. that radio, roughly? Like 170 bucks. Yeah. That's a lot of money to spend to harass cats. Bro, no, the <laughs> Spectrums are more money. Spectrum's like two or 300 bucks for a decent Spectrum. You don't need a decent one. Can't you get like a DX6i for like... 70 bucks on the forums uh, just get it ready to fly it comes with the like dx5e and the heli and a couple batteries it's like 199 or some shit like that i think or maybe a little bit more or i don't know but then you're just there you go 
I'm going to look just, into that. Just go Sounds to Walmart like and buy one of them little coaxes. No, I want one that I can actually, actually fly. Yeah, one that actually works. Yeah. Cool. So that it's got. That's it. Your I'm finger ashamed. actually hit the buy now button. Yes. Yeah, so, yep. yep. I, I bought an <laughs> X-ray X4, and then I bought a buggy tonight by accident, and I bought another. Those little mini Z's. Like it's it's bad. The addiction's real. Ooh, wow. I got some friends that are being really bad influences on me. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, I think we should wrap this one up. Before we do that, if I wanted to get in touch with you, Nick, how would I do that? Uh, you can email me at nickwisdom at rchnv3.com or on Facebook at nickwisdomrc. How about you, Scott? Well, if you want to get in touch with me, you could A, physically touch me, B, send me an email. <laughs> You'd like that, wouldn't you? I would love that. <laughs> at scott at rchnv3.com, which I have been getting emails. I'll respond to those after we finish recording here. Nice. Um or find me on Facebook and again, send me hate mail. I enjoy the hate mail. Thank you. Have you been getting any hate mail? I got pretend hate mail. I got someone that said, I'm sorry, this is not hate mail. And then continued <laughs> to expand. Like, come on. Cuss me out once. <laughs> How about you, Devin? Uh, Devin McClellan on Facebook, or you can hit me up at Devin at RCHNV3.com. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchnv3.com. Please check out our webpage, www.rchnv3.com. Locals, all that good stuff. Rob. Done, son. Oh, yes. So you want to reach me. So, okay. So you can reach me, but I have a little philanthropy involved here in order for you to do it. Um, so here's what you got to do, right? So you got to go... Uh, to lowerhilly.com and order something, even if it's just like one thing, right? And in the comments down at the bottom, you got to come up with some question or, or comment that you want to say to me or something that you, well, maybe don't put something that you would have sent to the UFUC at uh, RCHN. Don't put any of that in there. <laughs> but put a comment in there and let Ken know, hey, good on you, good luck and whatever else you're doing. And eventually, just don't say that it's for RCHN or anything like that. Eventually, he'll collect up enough where he'll be like, hey, thanks to everybody for the business, but what the fuck are all these questions for? And I'll see that, and I'll just let him know. I'll PM him and be like, yo, hey, just send me the questions, and I'll answer them. But, uh, um, and then, uh, uh, then you'll kill two birds with one stone. Or if you're broke as fuck, or you uh, don't want to order parts right now because Black Friday's coming, and you're going to do that instead, uh, you can just email me at rob at rchnv3.com. Come find me on Facebook, uh, NextGenRCFB, apparently. Um, you can uh, hit me at Instagram, NextGenRC, uh, youtube.com slash NextGenRC. That's great. So I actually forgot two things, quickly. I no longer have a boot on my left ankle. Do they let you on probation? Right now? I mean, nice. you can walk out. <laughs> right now, no. It's gone. Threw that motherfucker away. Nice. nice. And I bought a t I bought one of those T-Box programmers. Love it. Wait, I have more questions. Okay. Is the leg still there? Yes. The leg okay, good. It's <laughs> 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 healed now. I do have to good. go back in two months. I am supposed to walk with a cane for the next two months. It's much better than crutches in a boot. I'll tell you that. All right, guys. Well, that's about it. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you. Uh...
probably in two weeks because I think next week we're taking off for Thanksgiving. Woo. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bark, 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 and bark, bark, we'll bark. see ya whenever. I don't know. Sometime. Okay, bye. Bye bye. See ya. Yeah. You know what has screwed me up in life? When you started going fuck, 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 I'm like, no. That's a bunny rabbit, dummy. I did the Cadbury's same thing. I was like, that's eggs. fucking Easter. Yeah. I can't believe how bad Cadbury's has screwed me up. I mean, growing up, I thought bunnies laid eggs. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, dude. I found out when I was like 14 that bunnies didn't lay eggs because of that goddamn commercial. That's right. impressive. You crazy player. This is great that this is all in the recording, too. I like that, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ashamed. Everyone makes mistakes.